0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au Thank you team. Uh, good morning everyone, great to have you all here this morning. Um, we trust that whether you're regular or you're uh, visiting with us or you're exploring who Jesus is, exploring the church, reconnecting with the church, we trust that you've already been encouraged and uh, look forward to what we might learn together today. We're going to be reading from uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 towards the end of the Scriptures. Uh, if you've got your Bibles or you version there. <coughs> uh, and for 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3 as well and then into... Um, oh, chapter Two, Second Timothy, as well, so uh, moving through First and Second Timothy, just a few verses in each. Love you to connect. It'll be up on the screen as well, uh, but uh, opportunities to write notes, take notes, study with Life Group, do your own uh, reading and asking questions throughout the week as well. If you're part of River Kids, uh, those in our blue and green vests are ready to host you, ready to care for you, ready to inspire you. Those in preschool and up to grade five, you can go out uh, to be inspired Preschool is getting the taste for it for next year and readiness for school so that you can connect and engage and learn the things of Jesus. Why don't we celebrate our leaders, celebrate our children, our families as they head out. After our worship this morning, uh, we've got our ministry expo, Round week two of our ministry expo. If you came last week and you had conversations with people about various ministries and opportunities to serve and left and you wanted to think about it, this week's your opportunity to sign up, go and have a further conversation with someone in readiness for next year. If you weren't here last week... Go and have a conversation, grab a cuppa, go and meet with someone, go and have a look or wander around the various ministries that take place as an expression of who we are, that serve our community. And it'd be a great opportunity for you to consider the ways in which you can serve and mature in your relationship with Jesus and as part of the community. Uh, That would be fantastic as we get ready for 2023. (laughs) Wow, yeah some excitement about next year already that's good hey next next week we've got a baptism service um yeah 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 great i know there's one person uh being baptized next week uh marley roberts is being baptized she's hiding away up there hoping i won't mention her name but uh, yeah give her a round of applause celebrate already So if you've been thinking about baptism, if you've been thinking about what your next step in your relationship with Jesus might be, uh, have a chat with someone, someone that you know, someone who you know is a follower of Jesus. Come and have a chat with uh, myself or Jared or anyone that you know as a a faithful follower of Jesus. What does this mean? Why, Why do we express waters of baptism what does this look like what do I need to do Um, and have a conversation so that we can share with you Uh, the water will be warm Uh, we'll give plenty of opportunities and uh, we'd love to share in you through the waters of baptism next week I'm going to start reading uh, from 1 Timothy chapter 1 if you have your uh, Bibles there and if uh, I can have, yes, that's what I want. Thank you very much, Thomas. So here we go, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 to 17. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Now, many of us might be aware of what a sinner is. We're used to this language. A sinner is simply someone who sets themselves outside the will, the purposes or the heart of God. A sinner is someone who essentially is full of idolatry. I am my own king. I am my own queen. I am my own authority. I All I have is mine and nobody else has any say over it. Nobody else, meaning nobody from God below. (laughs) I am a sinner. I live in my own world. I live according to my own rules. I live according to what I feel good about or what makes me feel better. I live as the final, the most express authority in my own life. And what everybody else says doesn't matter. And essentially, whatever God says doesn't matter. This is what a sinner is, and Paul says, "Of whom I am the worst. Um, he was a guy who was murdering Christians, he was putting people into prison, their families, husbands, wives, children all going to prison if they declared Jesus um, as the Son of God and the way to live. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus, might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is essentially the gospel message. This is essentially the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what I thought too. I am the worst of sinners, says Paul. I am the one who was most removed from God. I was the one who made myself the own authority, established my own rule according to the rule of the generations that have gone around me. I actually, he thought he was living for God. He was actually ignoring everything that God had in store for him, but he has been made right in relationship with God and with others. This is the gospel. This is the good news. God who um, is often rejected, God who is ignored, God who is despised, waits patiently. The creator of heaven and earth waits patiently. And he welcomes the worst of people. Even me. That's good news. And you're sitting here today maybe you've heard this a thousand times and it's lost its power. I want you to be reminded today that God still welcomes you. God still accepts you. And maybe you've cast God out of your picture. And maybe you're thinking right now, God's got no interest in me. You don't understand, Simon, how terrible I feel, how far away from God I felt, how uh, disconnected from Him and His people I feel, how disinterested I am in His world. And still, God waits for you. That is His mercy. That is, he does, doesn't come as this God from heavens with a thunderbolt of lightning just to destroy everything. He's actually waiting to renew all things to himself. That's how patient he is. And that is good news. In a world so messed up, so confused, so much in upheaval, so many things coming at us so constantly, this simple gospel message in about 30 to 40 words is good news. God waits for the worst. Even me. Thank you very much. (laughs) And I think this is a, this, I love these words. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Understand this as much as we can understand it in our small, puny human mindset. God is in all things, through all things, over all things. He is in time. He is beyond time. He is all powerful and yet deeply personal. That is good news. That is the gospel message. He sees all our junk and still he waits for us to say yes to him. Regardless of what we are doing, the very minute before we say yes, we could do the worst of crimes, the worst of activities, cast God out, reject him. And at that moment that we say yes to him, he receives us. And he says, welcome child your home. Alongside that, I think the other good news in this is that um, God sees and he feels when we are ignored or when we have ignored, when we're disappointed or have disappointed, when we walk away from what he hopes or attends and when we watch other people do that and they cause us pain in that, He reveals the fullness of his love through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus and he continues to wait. His table is always open and we are welcome. This is the gift of grace. That is, this is the gift that we don't deserve. Not one of us. Not one of us. And his mercy is that he doesn't just destroy the world. Wipe his hands with it. His mercy actually says, actually, I am involved in the world. I am participating in your world. You know your mess? I'm there. You know the mess that others have created around you? I'm there. You know when you grieve? I'm there. You know when you feel hurt and despairing what other people have done against you? I am there. There Hard to wrap your head around, isn't it? And yet this is the invitation, not just to wrap our heads, but our hearts and our very lives to respond to it. This, of course, demands a response. Paul goes on to uh, Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter two, verses one to two. "You then, my son, remember, this is a spiritual relationship. Uh, Paul from Timothy. Uh, Paul to Timothy passing it on this deep intimate connection that Paul um, who was Saul destroying the church becomes one of the great church planters the great gospel good news proclaimer he passes the news on to uh, one who has, he has mentored and he says you then my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus be strong I, w- I want to put it to us like this today whether you're a regular, whether you've been faithful in following Jesus, whether you're on fire, whether you're worn out, fried, worn out emotionally, cactus, whatever you want to say, I want to, this is how I want to say it to us today. Stay the course. Whatever's happening in your world, I want to encourage us to say that the good news still remains that Christ has come amongst us, is amongst us in the best and the worst of life and invites us to stay the course with Him because there is something greater yet to come out of your life. And it's not because of anything that I've done, not because of a great message I can preach. And even Paul says this, hey, Timothy, don't stay strong because of who I have made you to be. Hey, Timothy, don't stay strong because of the gifts that I've prayed over you. Don't stay strong because of the prophecies that you've received. Don't stay strong even because of your grandmother who had a great faith. Stay strong, Timothy, because of who God is. Stay the course, Timothy, because of what God has done through Jesus, because of what you have received in Jesus. And that is a word that can be received at any age. And as I look around the room here, I see people from young to old and the experiences, and I think about your experiences, I look at you, I feel your heart. I see people kind of going, oh. Stay the course because of the grace in Christ Jesus and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others Uh, our modern conversation these days would could call this succession planning Um, and that's been I I don't know that I've actually seen a good example of succession planning actually Uh, there's probably one or two that's probably not very fair uh, Ecclesiastes, if you go back into the Hebrew Scriptures, Ecclesiastes, otherwise known as the teacher, says that whoever comes after us can do whatever they want with whatever we leave them. That's comforting, isn't it? You can work your guts out. You can work your fingers to the bone to leave what you have and who you are to someone else and you know what they can do with it? Poof. Paul reminds the Timothy the burden of teaching, the responsibility that comes with shepherding and leading a community of faith. You know, we call the church, otherwise known as uh, the church is essentially not coming to church. The church is us, you or me. We, I, I need to find another way than say, coming to church because it 's just messed with us our head and our hearts. And so much reduced what it's meant to be. The church is meant to be the fellowship. The ecclesia is the Greek word for it. The community of God's people who gather, certainly, who gather. And if you've been around and listening for any length of time to me, you know the importance that I hold around gathering, what I believe we're called to do in the gathering and the significance of it. But the gathering is powerful only in the scattering. Certainly we pray for healing, worship, uh, gathering around the table. Uh, we, we seek reconciliation for conviction in our hearts and minds. But that's meant to influence our lives, our lifestyles. Um, and so other language is uh, the body. The church is known as the body of Christ. We're meant to be intimately woven together and held together with a common purpose and in unity. Not all just shooting off doing our own thing. We're otherwise known as the family. Sounds, oh, what's, oh, I, anyway. Sounds like some crime movie, doesn't it? It was right, Um, the family. Um, <laughs> I've got to stop sharing you the thoughts in my head. Um. the scriptures talk about us as the family man families are messy aren't they they're meant to be well maybe they're not meant to be but they are But we're called the body, the family, the church, the ecclesia, the fellowship, the gathering, the scattered people of God, where Christ is the head and he appoints people, gives people, leaders given responsibility to shepherd, encourage, correct, equip and teach. Keep going, Paul says to Timothy and to every person who holds the gospel message and pass the message on to those who are going to be reliable with it. And train people to teach. But not everyone will be equipped to teach. We're all called to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ. If we confess that Jesus is Lord and seek to walk in his ways, we are called to express that with others. But we're not all given the responsibility or the qualification to teach others. I struggle, I've struggled as I look through 1st and 2nd Timothy to kind of be the person who talks about leadership because I feel like it becomes this, you know, oh Simon's upset or something like that. It's not what I want to do, but this is, this is quite significant through these letters. If you've taken any time to read through these letters, Paul says and reminds Timothy to preach and to teach leadership to Timothy and to Titus and you know when you, when you shepherd and encourage and correct, equip and teach people who are meant to be the body of Christ singular, the family of Christ, singular and then in the midst of trying to teach and to lead, to shepherd and to encourage, to care for people you'll have some people who will get on board with excitement and they'll say yes we're all in you'll have other people who will go eh, we'll just wait and see what happens and other people will just flat out go no way And then then we've got the audacity to say, oh, God is the hope of the world. How's that expressed in the way that we engage with one another? The atmosphere just got a little bit heavy, didn't it? See, Paul knew this in his own ministry. And this is a reality. He knew people ignoring or deserting him despite his faithfulness. Despite the fact that Paul had loved them, mentored them, shared with them the good news, despite that Paul had cared for them and provided for them, gone out of his way for them, there were people, as soon as Paul got into prison or found his way into having to defend himself through the Roman courts, people wiped him off. Those he once considered friends. And it's often the way it is. We are called to share the good news, but not everyone is reliable or qualified to teach the fullness of Christ. And there are times where some of our relationships just don't stand the test. Sadly. Sometimes it's our fault, sometimes it's my fault, sometimes it's your fault. We've got our own responsibility for that. Take responsibility for that. See, to walk in the grace of God... To be strong in the grace of Christ, it does require a response, a willingness to participate, a willingness to stay the course through hardship, through disappointment, through frustration, through loss, because that is where we are refined. That is where we mature. You know, more and more over the last few years, I've been hearing um, people say, oh, God must be in it because everything's falling into place. Have you heard people say that? Maybe you've said that. I'm sorry, I don't see any good news in that whatsoever. Do you know why? Because God has become our Santa Claus. We put our list before God. This is what I need. And I'm not, like, we can pray that we, you know, I'm not disputing that we can pray for those things. But I cannot find one biblical story of all those that we would call heroes where everything has lined up in such a way where it's all gone perfectly, where everything that they wanted all just fitted neatly into place sequentially and that's where God was. And yet somehow for us in this modern age, in our day and age, we've reduced God to saying, well, I know God is there because I wanted A and that got me to B, which got me to C, which got me to the end result. You know what the end result is meant to be, ladies and gentlemen? That we are refined in His glory according to His love by His heart. And we've reduced it to what we get or don't get. And then we wonder how we aren't able to share the good news with Jesus. Because you know what the good news is? The good news is that despite the fact there's floods going throughout our nation... God is still in control. I don't understand it. It terrifies me. I don't know how to pray for the floods in our nations. I don't know how to pray for our farmers in our local community, quite honestly. But God is still in control. That's good news. That's the hope. That's the gospel, isn't it? And then Paul uses this imagery that's often used throughout Scripture um, to show the discipline required to walk with Jesus. So there's an ongoing imitation. He says, join with me. (laughs) Now, if you've never heard this message before, uh, just prepare yourself a little bit. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Now, I love this verse. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. I don't need to explain this to you, Timothy. Timothy. You take it to God. You've got enough in your arsenal, Timothy. But just in case we haven't, just in case we're not clear, once we enter into this grace that we have received, we are invited to participate as a soldier who is under authority. Let me ask you today, regardless of your faith journey, regardless of where you are right now, who is your final authority in your life? And what does that final authority, who does that final authority, what is that final authority asking of you, demanding of you? Can you imagine a soldier sitting in the barracks, waiting for the command to come? And he goes, or she goes, nah, too hard. Not giving that up, not doing that. Can you imagine, or can you, you we're invited to participate as athletes. Athletes who abide by the rules and look, you know, it's hard to know what the rules are. Well, the rules are we follow God. We pursue His heart. We seek His kingdom. We give our very lives for His glory, regardless of the cost. And we do the hard work even when no one is watching You think of the training that a 100 metre sprint athlete does for 10 seconds of their life. What training do you require to get back into to get aligned with the heart and the purposes again of Jesus? Is it reading scripture? Is it committing to worship? Is it following up a conversation? Is it serving? Is it forgiving someone? Is it being forgiven? Is it receiving forgiveness? Is it accepting that you can't change whatever the outcome was? What's the training that is required of us to pursue the heart of Father? Or a farmer? <laughs> Who'd be a farmer? <sighs> I, mean, I was hoping I could wipe this verse out, quite honestly. But we can't, can we? The farmer who works and slaves and again works their guts out with no guarantees. Where things can look great and all of a sudden they're not. It's what you and I are actually invited into as followers of Jesus. If we make this commitment to follow Jesus and walk in the grace of Jesus, we are required to come under his authority, continue training, and continue to do the gut wrenching, heartbreaking. Backbreaking work with no guarantees of the outcomes, except that one day we will stand in glory with Jesus. You go and reflect on it. Is your faith increasing because you set yourself under the authority of Jesus, and as such, are connected as part of the church He is building, under hit the appointed authority? Are we maturing in our faith under that authority? Are we increasing our spiritual fitness? Are you willing to endure the hardship of uncertainty and disappointment and expectation of God's harvest? I don't know if you've ever, how many people have watched an infomercial? No one? Okay, six people. I find that hard to believe. Maybe you're more disciplined than don't Switch the TV on first thing in the morning. I love, infomercials are fascinating because they give you the basics and they make it most attractive I tell you what I would love a Tebow massage chair in my lounge room <laughs> I mean it's, it's got bluetooth it's got music it's got all the rollers and all the right points it lays back zero gravity it gives you all the bells and whistles but wait there's more you can get a second with a set of knives or you can get a second one for half price. You can, or these infomercials, they give you the basics to make it as attractive as possible. You didn't know you needed one of these chairs until you watched this infomercial. You didn't know you needed that set of knives until you watched that infomercial. You didn't know you needed that apple Cora until you watched that infomercial. And then you needed six of them. Or that step, what about a step ladder one? Have you seen the stepladder one? I don't know who dressed that guy, but man. (laughs) You know, two sets of stepladders, they can be joined together, they get you at the same height. But wait, there's a platform and there's a set of tools. And man, I need that stepladder for all the handyman work that I do around my house. (laughs) Man. And then you get this at no extra cost. All this is normally, all the extra stuff is normally worth $500 and you get it for nothing today. You know what they never tell you? How much the Tebow chair actually is. They never tell you the cost of the original item. They're designed to convince you you need something you didn't know that you needed. How's this for an infomercial? You, however, Timothy, know all about my teaching and my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance. So far, so good. Persecutions. Hey, hey, what? Persecutions, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Would you sign up to this? <laughs> in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Hey, listen, friends. There's no hidden things here. This is costly way of life. If we take it seriously. If we take it seriously. Follow Jesus so that you can know the fullness of life. Being in a relationship with God will bring you peace and comfort. It will be a great source of grace, wisdom, joy, love and hope. It will help you um, mature in all that he has made you to be. He, he will lead you in a source of wisdom and through challenging times. He knit you together. He formed you. He wrote his name in the palm of his hand. He wrote your name in the palm of his hand even. And while we ignore him, we spit on him, reject him, he still loves us. While we remain disobedient, while we make a mockery of the church and his church, while we walk away when something doesn't suit us, while we build our own kingdom, get comfortable in achieving our own goals, withhold being generous, and still God waits for you and me. He reveals the fullness of his love for you. He has been with you in your grief. He has been with you in despair, in your darkest moments. And still, while we choose to ignore him, reject him, blame him, or worse, we live half hearted towards him and his community because we can't say we live for God and disconnect from his community. I'm here I've heard a few times this year, maybe you've heard it. Excuse me. Maybe you've heard it too. Um, whose authority are you under? God's. Excellent. Who else? No one. It's not how it works, ladies and gentlemen. We are under authority. I am under human authority. I'm under God's authority, but I am under human authority. We all are. Whether we like it or not, we can't just go and do what we want because, well, I'm under God's authority and hang the rest of his community. It's not how it works. It's not the life-giving witness that God planned for his church. We can't live half-hearted. And still in the midst of all our challenges, in all the midst of our heartache, in all the midst of our disappointment and the things we've done that sets ourselves apart from God, in his mercy and love, he waits for us, waits for you, waits for me to say yes. For the first time or again to say yes, I'll be all in. It doesn't matter how many times he'll wait for you to say yes. And but wait, there is more. You will suffer because of him. Friends and family might mock you, they might laugh at you, they might even reject you. Your colleagues, your school friends might mock you and laugh at you. Hey, come follow Jesus. This is good news. Because if we live our lives according to the ways of Jesus our friends, our colleagues, or our unfriendly people, our enemies, they can mock and laugh as long as they want. But in fact, um, the Lord will rescue us from all of it. Now, I don't understand why some of us are waiting five years, some of us go through it for six months, and some of us have been going through it for 40 years. I don't understand. I've got no straightforward answer for that. Some of us need to remove ourselves from situations because they're not safe. God rescues us. And here's the cost. It's already been paid. God has come down out of his throne, entered into our world for all that it is, all the messy parts, all the great parts, and he has overcome every awkward moment even to death. Every hurt that others have caused against you, he has felt it. Every hurt that you have caused others, he has felt it. Every deception, every act of disobedience, every thought of disobedience, every secret, he's felt it. Every thought of guilt or shame or condemnation, every word that's spoken over you that said that you're not worth anything, he's felt it. And I know this because he has been ripped open. He has taken every ounce of anger, rejection, deception and disappointment, not because he thought it was a good idea, but because Jesus remained obedient to his father. So that we might know the resurrection in forgiveness, restoration and renewal. And Paul's message to Timothy is the same message for us today. Stay the course not out of obligation, but in love and in hope and in joy and with purpose. I really believe that the church is again poised to be a beacon of hope. To be a beacon of welcome. To be a community of mercy and grace. Not because of our strategy, not because of our vision, not because of our leaders, not because of our preaching, not because even of our worship, but by the grace of God. There'll be plenty of things that we won't be able to answer. There might even be some things that we disagree with with one another in how we treat people. But the church is poised to be a place of welcome, a place where we welcome the sinner and the saint, the outcast and the broken, the uncertain and the faithful. Those who have walked away and those who have remained faithful. Those who have made a mess of their lives and those whose life looks perfect, but inside they don't know where the hope is. The church is poised to be that place by the grace of God. And I want to ask us, what's our next step? What's your next step today as our team come up to lead us in a closing song? And as we do, we want to invite you to make a response. What's your response today? Do you need to recommit to the ways of Jesus? Is there things in your life that you just simply need to lay down and say, I've been carrying this for too long? Maybe it's a behavior, maybe it's an attitude, maybe it's a secret, maybe it's guilt, maybe it's shame or condemnation. Others have spoken over you. Today is a day that you just say, I can't carry that anymore. I want to live that resurrection life. I want to live that hope-filled life. Maybe you've made that declaration of faith and you've walked away. Maybe today's the day where you return. Or maybe today's the first day where you want to say, you know, I've tried everything else in my life, but Jesus, I need to be all in with you again. I need you to be Lord, you to be authority in my life so that I would know you as the one who saves me in my life. Maybe you want to state that you want to get baptised next week and join us and the baptism is going down under the water that is dying to all the things of the past, dying to self and being raised in the life, hope and love of Jesus. Or maybe you want to seek prayer in a particular area of your life. Or maybe you just need help to express that forgiveness or to receive that forgiveness or to deal with that, whatever it might be. We want to stand with you. As you. If you need to come forward, we want to invite you to come forward. If you need to kneel, if you need to lay flat out on the ground and ball your eyes out, you're welcome to do that. We'll let the song and the Spirit work and speak to you, and then people will just come and tap you and ask if you need anything specifically, and if not, we'll just leave you with you and God. But we want to walk with you as well. Holy Spirit, come.